0: It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories.
1: I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body.
0: Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured. You're valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team that I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday to you, producer Steve.
2: Yeah, thankful Thursday. Thankfully, That it's almost Friday type of thing I don't know
1: (laughs) hey we've got much to be grateful for yes
2: you know I those opens that it all be they're almost three years old and again the one for Thursday in your voice says I find it takes work to get your head around these ideas isn't that what Trent Luce was telling us yesterday
1: Yes. And I thought Trent was channeling, uh, producer Steve. Oh, okay. Because, uh, you're, you know, you're like, do your own research. Trent said, do your own research. Yeah. It does take work to get our brains around these issues. That's why we do this show is to help you do that. We have these amazing guests that come on jam packed show plan for you today. We work really hard, uh, as we're selecting our guests and selecting the, the subjects on this. And it's interesting, Steve, we've, we've gotten to a point where I have national, PR people that reach out and uh, pitch their guests and want to get them on the show. And it's, um, it's, it's really, it's really been great. Uh, and it's, sometimes it's kind of tricky to get, um, you know, to get my brain around everybody that's being offered up on this. And then, uh, next week I've got somebody that I really need to get on here locally and I've got to figure out where to put them. Put them at so it's a it's a neat thing that we have all these experts that are reaching out that want to
2: get on the show. You know what I see coming? What? Uh, Another staff person to help you balance (laughs) this out because the scheduling is just. I mean, I look at our schedule. You have your you know like we have uh, Turnquest Fridays or uh, Alan Thomas Fridays. I mean, you have all your regulars in their normal slots. But yet, at the same time, you're getting all these other hits from people around the country. It's I don't know how you do it.
1: It's uh, it's pretty cool. And well, one of the things <clears throat> is I have, I'm really working on trying to get through these emails. So yesterday, uh, they said Thomas Jefferson would spend hours in the evening writing letters, and I think <laughs> our equivalent is, is emails that he would respond back to people and that is really my goal and then those of you that are supporting us and and i i had wanted to do written thank yous but that hasn't happened yet so i had started making phone calls and i so appreciate all of you I've, I've got a project i'm trying to get finished up here and then i'm going to sit down and continue to make phone calls to all of you who support us because i really appreciate that because we clearly are an independent voice on an independent station where we look at these issues through the lens freedom versus force Force versus freedom. And if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And so it's not compassionate to take other people's rights, property, freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or lives via force. Force could be a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Le- lease Agenda, where this agenda is, is taking property <clears throat> from everyday people via policy, uh, it, it's uh, this government-induced inflation, uh, high taxes, high, reg- um, um, high fees, high regulations. Steve, the other night on one of the evening shows, they were showing the southern border and uh, people running across our southern border, and they had this huge a flag from Venezuela. And so this is a policy that is trampling the property rights and the safety of people on these border towns. And so again and they they couch this under compassion people wanting to come to America. That's not it at all. Uh we've got bad actors that are coming across the the border, but if if they want to run across the border with the Venezuela flag, that means that they have no interest in assimilating and understanding these american values and if they they like venezuela that much they need to stay there steve
2: we have seen it uh in other parts of the country uh, let's see so, in and around detroit in one of the suburbs of uh, detroit a huge uh, somalian population and, and so much so that they seem to have set up their own little government Uh, The police, local police, do not want to go into those areas because the lack of assimilation. So this is, in a way, it's nothing new. It's just concerning that it's growing.
1: Well, and the other point on that, and I'll just mention NGOs, there's non-governmental organizations such as Lutheran Family Services and Catholic uh, Family Services that uh, certainly were founded on great charities, but they in, have become non-governmental organizations in as much as they're paid by the government to f- bring in these um, refugees. And uh, instead of uh, assimilating them, we see what's happened, just as you mentioned, regarding this place in Detroit. And so things have gotten totally sideways on something that was supposed to be good to bring people in as refugees that were being um, uh, 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 I can't think of the word, but, you know, terrorized that that they were that that they were being, um, you know, uh, victims of, of, you know, the the regime that they were at. That is uh, that's noble. Bring them in to understand our American idea. But that that's not that wasn't that's not happening. And so this is a real problem. And this is how how government then pushes for their agenda uh, so, for example, um, like under the Obama administration, you use these NGOs, bring people in, you put them on government assistance. That means that we're taking money from citizens to pay for this all under the, the guise of compassion. And that's not the way that it's supposed to work. Charities are supposed to take care of that, not government coming in and infusing money into these charities where then they start to do the government's will because of that.
2: I remember during those Obama years when this when this particular topic was flaring, the left's uh, attempt to get us to feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. They went out and somebody was quoting words from the poem that's at the base of the uh, Statue of Liberty, the new Mm -hmm. Colossus. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, we are a nation of immigration and, you know, get it through your heads. And and this is why we're doing this. Like, Wait a minute. You're you're. Legal immigration versus what's happening at the southern border right now. They're, they're two different worlds.
1: They, they are, but yet in a way they're not, because these NGOs, then we're bringing people in legally as well. So this has been storming our border, uh, both legally and illegally. And one of the things at the base of the uh, Statue of Liberty is give me your... We we should look that up, but but the 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 thing that they would leave out is those that yearn to be free, uh, and and they I thought that that was so interesting they would leave that out. But I need to stay on task here because we have so much going on. Oh yes, first thing, check out our website, sign up for our weekly newsletter. There you'll get first look at our upcoming guests, our most recent essays. You can email me at kim at KimMunson.com. dot com, and we have something new, Steve. <clears throat> And I know you're a little concerned about all the moving parts on this, and rightfully so. But we now have a text line that will come in directly to my phone. And so I do want to hear from you. The number is 720-605-0647. That's 720-605-0647. I'll try to keep an eye on that. Uh, our Bill of the Day is an important one, uh, important issue. <clears throat> and And that is... <clears throat> Regarding water. And of course, we talked a little bit about this earlier in the week. It is Senate Bill 23010. The sponsors are Senators Jeff Bridges, Democrat, Cleve Simpson, Republican, and Representative Barbara McLaughlin, Democrat. And it's uh, water resources and agriculture review committee it says the bill removes a reference to the water resources and agricultural review committee being an interim committee and removes an outdated reference to Senate bill ninety six zero nine four. So that means that was passed back in 1996 in the legislative declaration. The bill also removes limitations on the number of meetings and the number of field trips. The committee may hold and require the committee to meet at least four times during each calendar year. Um, I agree. Water, we've got to address the water issue, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, and I guess this is a step in the right direction to to have more meetings. Uh, I guess legislatively, they needed to do that. Uh, Cleve Simpson. Uh, who was one of the sponsors, said water is the lifeblood of our state. The General Assembly has the responsibility to ensure today's water needs are being met and tomorrow's water needs are accounted for. I totally agree with him. It says by eliminating arbitrary limitations on the Water Resources and Agri- Agriculture Committee, we can better address and solve the water problems we face here in Colorado. Uh, well, I hope, I hope that's the case. I'm not sure getting bureaucrats and p- politicians more meetings is really what we need to do. I think we need to get serious with California, first of all. Uh, the fact that they had uh, 10 years' worth of rain that they just let go out to the ocean, Uh, that, uh, in fact, uh, let's see, Uh, Yvonne had sent me a text from one of her uh, water... Water specialist said, um, water, st- you can't have water conserve, you can't have water conservation without water storage. And so we've got to get serious about water storage. Uh, I think desalination plants on California, we need to put pressure on California to do a better job on that instead. They want us, all of us on the upper states to conserve water and just Go ahead and send it right down the, the Colorado River. We have to have some serious conversations about this, Steve. And I hope that this this uh, Senate Bill 23010 will make that happen, Steve.
2: I'm sorry. I was talking to your, your next guest. Oh, no problem. I, was I, just... I just think <clears throat> you've already said it. Someone else mentioned it yesterday about the desalinization uh, that's right there. Uh, California doesn't even broach the subject as far as I know. And no, they
1: they they talk about spending billions of dollars on a bullet train from what San Diego to San Francisco. Yeah, how about spending those billions of dollars to do a pipeline, uh, desalination plant, do a pipeline then from uh, the Pacific Ocean over to Lake Mead? That would solve that problem right then and there.
2: But it's interesting. I mean, you said it yesterday, and then one of our guests said it yesterday <clears> too. <throat> and it's like this common sense thinking. It's just not part of the, you know, the formula out there. And I don't know that Northern California has it as bad as Southern California, but what are they doing in terms of water retention, uh, new projects, you know, in that light? They're doing nothing. And I don't know, they seem like they're putting hurt on other states.
1: They're they're doing something. Trent Luce said this yesterday. They are actually uh, destroying some of their their water... um as um, storage facilities in there i mean it, it's hard to believe hmm. it's hard to believe so we need to get really serious on that so let's see i do want to get to our quote for today because i was thinking of our guests today and just of the great courage that we have with leslie manukian who'll be on in the second hour uh kane uh that's going to be on in the first hour And um, I was just thinking about courage. And so I found this great quote on courage, and I wanted to share that with you. Let me get to it here. Next page. Here we go. This is by Edgar Guest. He was born in 1881. He died in 1959. He was a British-born American poet who became known as the People's Poet. His poems often had an inspirational and optimistic view of everyday life. And he said this, He said, Courage isn't a brilliant dash, a daring deed in a moment's flash. It isn't an instantaneous thing, born of despair with a sudden spring. But it's something deep in the soul of man that is working always to serve some plan. I just love that, Steve. And um, so let's... um, I just, I, I've got to mention this. We did, we recorded our America's Veterans Story show for this Sunday. It will broadcast 3 to 4 p.m. with Drew Dix. He is a Medal of Honor recipient for actions he took during the Vietnam War. He's also one of the founders for the Center for American Values down in Pueblo. Down in Pueblo, they have, I think, four Medal of Honor recipients. And I think uh, President Eisenhower said, Is there something in the water in Pueblo? but the story that Drew told when during the Tet offensive when they got back into the city uh, where they were based and they were getting understanding the city is under siege and they said uh, that there's a nurse down by the hospital where, where she lives we're not sure if she's alive on that or not and Drew got together some some guys he said we're Let's go get Maggie. And it, it's just takes my breath away. The story they got there and her international scout was riddled with bullets. The Viet Cong were hanging out of the hospital uh, windows, um, at her house, there was riddled with bullet holes and what, he said what the, the Viet Cong had done is they were blasting holes in the houses, in the walls, so that they could run through the houses instead of out on the streets and so they saw the Viet Cong running through uh, her house but he yelled out, Maggie, Maggie, and there was a little voice that said, I'm here, and so you've got to listen to the, listen to the show on Sunday it is just, it is truly, truly an amazing story, Steve
2: Yes, Sorry, I've got too many chores going on here. (laughs) I'm sorry. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm anxious for everyone to hear it. Uh, it, First person accounts of situations like that and and the brutality they were up against. Uh, You know, I think the American, up until, you know, Korean conflict and, you know, then in Vietnam, they saw brutality that like they hadn't seen before. And, uh, you know, this is kind of what came out of your interview yesterday.
1: Yeah, it is truly, truly amazing. And uh, so it is, um, be sure and check that out. And I wanted to mention the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. They can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan team now at 303-795-8855 for the complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there.
3: I can't believe I just scratched that car. Find my insurance card,
4: dude. What do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks
3: dirty? Oh, uh, forget about the socks. I need my insurance card. Just
4: pull it up on the State Farm mobile app.
3: But I can do that? Oh, hey, I can do that.
4: Yep, it's called service. I can file a claim on here
5: too. Yeah, it's it's called service.
6: Whoa, I can call my agent too. It's
5: called service. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact threepointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Your, uh, be sure to check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice as we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, <clears throat> force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, did get a text from Bob up in Michigan. He said, Dearborn, the home of Ford Motor Company is the community that you were speaking about, uh, Steve, regarding the uh, Somalia uh, population. So thank you to um, Bob in Michigan on that. Really pleased to have on the line with me Ryan Armacost. He is uh, one of our representatives here down at the Capitol, and I wanted to, to chat with him just a little bit about what is happening. Ryan, welcome to the show.
7: Good morning. Thank you.
1: Uh, so how's it going down there at the Capitol? Uh,
7: well, it's uh, it's going as good as can be expected i would say uh you know i think we all we all had an idea of what was going to be happening with the way our numbers turned out in the election um but it's it's been drinking from a fire hose this first few weeks and then now starting to see a little bit of a window of what's yet to come as far as some of the the bills that are coming down the line so
1: well i uh i recently um became the new president of this all-volunteer board, the Colorado Union of Taxpayers, and so what we're doing uh, is looking at all of the bills that are scheduled for hearing the next week and then doing ratings on them, and uh, there is a lot of bills, and we I'm not sure we really need any more laws. Myself, Ryan, I'd love it if uh, we were starting to get rid of some of them.
7: Right. And it's, now, Ryan, it's come to be kind of like, oh, I'm sorry, just like how, no, how sometimes people are prescribed something and then they're prescribed something else to counter the, the side effects of the other medication. This is that, I, I can see that happening here, where it comes down to, we have to make laws to counter the unconstitutional laws that are passed uh, sometimes by the other side.
1: Isn't that crazy? But that's where we are right yeah. now. So now, Ryan, you are um, from House District 64. What area is that, Ryan?
7: So that is the, the new district. It covers earthed Mead, Johnstown, Millican, West Greeley, and Northwest Evans.
1: Okay. And so that's the new district. Now, it, one of the things yep. that Coloradans are so concerned about is crime. And I know that that is something that you're concerned about as well. So talk to me about that.
7: Well, I come from a career of... I have 22 years military, and during that time, I was, uh, I started Marine Corps and retired Colorado Army National Guard. Um, So, during the Colorado Army National Guard, I was a reservist. I was able to work in law enforcement, and uh, I had a job for 10 years with the Larimer County Sheriff's Office. Uh, Eight of those years were in the jail, so I worked in corrections and patrol. Um, It was alarming to see, uh, you know, from the time I retired, I retired at the end of 2019, the The sudden turn toward law against law enforcement. After that, and also the just the crazy uptick in crime, and with that, there were were soft judges and and prosecutors that were letting dangerous criminals off with you know the same uh, the same thing as a slap on the hand. They would get probation for basically a felony that was pled down. Um, So these these criminals have no accountability and no real idea of punishment for anything they're doing they're getting off for for nothing they might pay a uh, hundred or two dollars in restitution or bond fees but uh that's it so you can go out and steal a car get get arrested go to jail spend the night and you get bonded out the next day and go steal more cars make that money and and uh it, it's all around money usually for drugs something related to drugs but otherwise just uh that's some people's way of making an income and they're career criminals that are just getting uh, pandered by the uh, the, the, the laws that are giving them those abilities to to be criminals from the left and also be soft judges and prosecutors around our state.
1: Do you see bipartisan uh, working together to try to uh, solve this because colorado is uh, roger mangan with the state farm insurance we had a conversation about this colorado is number one or number two depending you know which years you're looking at in car thefts in the country uh ryan Armagos, yeah. this is a crazyville
7: yeah yeah and and to uh make that as soft as it is basing it on the value of the car you're taking a car away from somebody. That's their livelihood. It doesn't matter if their their car is a five hundred dollar blue book value. That's their livelihood. That's how they get to and from work. That's how they get their kids to school. When you take that away from somebody, that's not something that you should just be oh, it's a five hundred dollar theft. You know, you, this is your your sentence based on that. That's not how it should be. We we need to have a better standard to hold criminals more accountable so that we can have a deterrent for people to keep people from stealing cars and and otherwise hindering people from their life, liberty and pursuit of happiness.
1: Uh, spot on on that, Ryan. Do you see, um, do, do you see Democrats that are interested in helping you solve this problem?
7: Oh yeah. Sorry to answer that question. I do. And I'm, I was surprised and refreshed by that. Uh, there are some Democrats that came in and a lot of them have law experience. Uh, some of them were defense attorneys or public defenders coming into this Um and others are people like me uh, on both sides of the aisle that came into this because they wanted to do better for Colorado, not just put something on paper that, that looks good in their eyes or, or for their agenda. Um, you know, people that are are wanting to serve their constituents of all backgrounds, not just their one-sided uh, constituents. Yep. So I, I have been able to work with a lot of Democrats that are very willing to take but we're, take on where we're at with the our crime situation.
1: Well, that is good news. So are you going to be running some legislation on this?
7: I've got some legislation more or less to help out law enforcement. Um, I'm on one with with the Democrat that is to give DACA uh, or otherwise undocumented citizens the ability to get post-certified and be able to carry a firearm as a law enforcement officer, as a sworn law enforcement officer. Uh, I think it'll help recruiting. It will help you know, diversity has become a big thing in all all uh, employment aspects, but with that, I mean, you don't always have a Spanish-speaking officer in situations. A lot of places around the state that you need uh, a Spanish-speaking officer to be able to maybe de-escalate a situation or otherwise uh, control a situation.
1: Okay, so uh, I I've not seen that bill yet, so I'll be uh, uh, watching for that. Representative Armacost, okay. what's?
7: Go ahead. It'll be dropping soon. Another another one that I have is uh, my focus. I think is a big one for our crime situation is mental mental illness and addiction, and to be able to bridge better treatment uh, for people when they're incarcerated and after they're incarcerated, and sometimes even before they're incarcerated to keep them from keep keep down the recidivism and also keep violent, mentally ill and otherwise drug-induced uh, individuals off the street, not necessarily in jail. I don't think anyone stop struggling with mental illness or addiction deserves to be in jail. They need to get treatment so they can actually live a normal functioning life. But uh, hopefully that will be something that can help bridge that uh, connection between criminal justice system in the state to uh, help prevent filling those beds in our correctional facilities and prevent recidivism.
1: Very, very interesting. Uh, What's your final thought that you'd like to leave with uh, Coloradans uh, today, Uh, Representative Ryan Armagost?
7: I think the biggest thing I would say for people is uh, for the conservative side of of our legislation, both the the Senate and the House, is overwhelmed. Uh, Our Republicans are... In years past, we've been on on our heels, uh, but right now we're on our backs. We're getting steamrolled by Democrats and some extremist uh, ideology going through in bills. So when you see these things, if you see your elected officials sharing something on social media or otherwise, share that away. Make sure the public knows what they voted for. Elections have consequences, and people really need to know the results of what they're electing and voting for. So share that stuff on your platforms and otherwise have a voice um, and have a seat at the table Come testify when you see something coming to a committee that you want to speak on. Come testify. Just have okay. a
1: voice. And people can do that uh, um, uh, online as well, right? They can uh, put in written testimony typically?
7: Absolutely, yes.
1: Okay. Uh, Representative I, Ryan... I <laughs> We'll we'll get that for people, uh, Representative Ryan Ar- Armacost. First of all, thank you uh, c- because I know that it is tough there, but thank you for, for being there. And again, you know, we look at the, at these issues, freedom versus force, for, force versus freedom, here on the, on the, um, on the show because uh, a smaller government means the individual has a bigger opportunity to go after their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So, Representative Armacost, thank you so much.
7: Thank you, and thank you for the time.
1: Absolutely, and uh, want to talk with Lauren Levy. You know him; <clears throat> he's one of the great sponsors of both the Kim Munson Show as well as America's Veteran Stories. He's an expert in the mortgage arena. He works with a number of different lenders, and he can help you with uh, um, a new mortgage or a re- uh, refinance, uh, possibly, or um, line of um, line of credit on your house, as well as uh, reverse mortgages. Lauren Levy, did I get them all? Did I say everything?
8: Pretty much. I think I think you covered them all.
1: Okay, good deal. Hey, the Fed uh, met, what, yesterday and the day before? What uh, what happened with them?
8: So it's actually a really good thing for most people that, um, no matter where you stand, they they raised that quarter, which was um, anticipated, but at one point people were thinking it was going to be 50 points, and they only went 25. They signaled they might do one more 25 in March, but that then they were going to sit and wait, which is what we want to see. We want them to just sit and wait and see the effect of all these raises on the economy. Um, and then some of the words that the Fed chair used in his uh, his you know his address after was words like disinflation, where it was the first time where he has said that they can actually see inflation is coming down. Usually they just keep saying that it's out of control or too high. This time he said they can see it coming down, which is going to make them want to wait a little bit, which is great. So the immediate reaction was the market turned upside down and went up because it was down earlier in the day. And uh, mortgage rates pulled back a little bit, so it was a it was a pretty good day.
1: Okay, and uh, so you, I mean, you're helping people when interest rates were so low, uh, people were locking in these low rates. What are you seeing people doing now? How can you how are you helping people now?
8: Well, what's happening now is that it's, every time mortgage rates pull back a little bit more, they return some more purchasing power to people that are looking to buy a house, so they can afford a little bit more of a house because. With the inventory being still low here in Colorado, we haven't had prices pull back necessarily as much as in other places. And so every time rates pull back a little bit, people can afford that much more home, which is nice for them. The other thing that we don't talk about much, Kim, sometimes is when the Fed does raise rates, the one one group of people that does help is savers and people that have been really punished for the last decade is people that just Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. used to buy CDs and money markets and have money in the bank that were making nothing. I saw a CD yesterday for like 13 months at four and a quarter, which I was like, "Whoa, that's that's way more than I had even noticed." You know, going mm-hmm. way back, so um, that's nice to see that happening. But as far as loans, um, you know, people can really purchase more. But if they've bought a house in the last six months to eight months, we're getting down to where they might be able to refi and get a lower rate and save a chunk of money. And that's bringing into play that whole, you know, marry the house, date the mortgage that you and I talk about all the time. We're, we're we're starting to get near where you can be rewarded for buying the home of your dreams and now save money on a refi as well.
1: Okay. So uh, if people want to explore that, how can they reach you, Lauren Levy?
8: Best way is to give us a call at 303-880-8881.
1: That's Lauren Levy, 303-880-8881. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Lauren Levy.
0: Of course. Thanks, Kim.
1: And stay tuned for this important message from Karen Levine.
0: Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with Remax Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers regularly with GRRR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping golden retrievers find their forever homes. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516.
9: What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons-Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive, and experts in each of their fields, with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science and psychology there is a spring 2023 course for you dash over to ipacedu.org ipac-edu.org for more information and to register that's ipac-edu.org
4: mom why is it so cold in the house is the thermostat broken
9: the public utilities commission
4: approved another rate increase and i can't afford the bill Colorado families are struggling to make ends meet. It's time to hold the Colorado Public Utilities Commission accountable and take the burden off our families. Don't get cold feet. Turn up the heat on the Colorado Public Utilities Commission. Visit nomorerateincreases.com to make your voice heard. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity. I will And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show.
1: Be sure and check out our website. That is KimMunson.com, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I was looking for quotes regarding courage. Because I was thinking of our featured guests uh, both in the first hour and the second hour, these are people that have stepped up with great courage to address uh, challenges that we have in, in 2020 to 2023 America. Uh, and one of those uh, great people is my friend Kane, and he is the founder of Task Force Freedom, and he is doing amazing work to try to protect our children. Kane, welcome to the show.
10: Good morning, Kim.
1: It's great to have you. And then also we have uh, Lauren Jennings, and she is also with Task Force Freedom, and uh, she's also doing very important work to protect our children. Lauren, welcome to the show.
11: Good morning, Kim.
1: How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, hey, Kane, first of all, I wanted to just ask you, yesterday... I was talking with producer Steve uh about light rail there's this um uh, RTD is uh trying to to prevent people from just riding around on buses and trains and with no place to go uh, because our trains uh, our buses are becoming unsafe. And Steve said that he'd been on light rail and that there was a a, a guy that was loud on his phone and he was using the N word. And you uh, responded back to me regarding that because I, I, I was just I was just thinking, isn't it kind of racist that if you're one race, you can use a word. And if you're not that race, you can't use that word. I th- I think that's kind of goofy. If it's well, a bad word, it's a bad word. Let me just put it that way
10: yes and and honestly let us think about it this way back in the day in the sixties fifties um prior to prior to the the uh, l b j literally harming negroes if if let me ask you this if white only bathrooms were racist and discriminatory, then today, what are black only words they're racist and discriminatory, and if I can just share this with you, it will take me one minute here. Um, Negro or NIG with the GA are acceptable terms, just not for white people. Listening to uh, uh, limiting white people, white person's freedoms, is a violation of one's First Amendment rights. Self-censorship, which is forced or coerced discrimination, this is not equal treatment under the law. As a proud American Negro, it is insulting that the power structure has uh, the power structure has treated, uh, doggone it, the power structure, I have lost my position here, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> to use the word, the, the phrase, inward. word Think about it. These people assume that Negroes do not possess the ability or intellect to discern whether someone is feeling insults or hatred. This tactic is, a, is to keep us Americans from being comfortable with one another. African, the phrase African-American, it's used to remind everyone Negroes are not part of this great American experience. No connection, no foundation, no pride of ownership or inclusion. African, the phrase African, why in the world would I identify with a continent that enslaved and sold my forefathers to Spaniards? We are being played. Those folks that control language have been playing with us for decades and decades. So they forced they forced us to, to demonize the word Negro. So you're saying Martin Luther King was wrong. You're saying that uh, Malcolm X was wrong. Frederick Douglass was wrong. What they've done is they continue to control the language to control us, to control our thoughts to control our ability to, to relate with one another. And I'm sick of it. And and, and I think it's childish to say N word. And everybody does it. Black, white, pink, green. You know who doesn't do it? Spaniards and Mexicans. Because it is a it is a vital part of their intel, of their um, vernacular. It's used every day without any feelings of of hatred or, or, or uh, distress, or it, it is a. It, in fact, my friend who speaks Spanish, you can ask her, Yvonne, It is used every day. So why are we taking this word "negro" and attaching so much hatred and racial vitriol to it? It's a game that they play with us. They they started it back in the '70s, and now guess what? We have to accept. We got to accept men that pretend to be women we got to accept all these other different phrases there's 130 different um, uh, sexual genders they play with us and i I, i'm not going to buy into it i've been a negro my entire life and i decided about 12 years ago i'm going to identify as a proud american negro because kim if we can break that barrier just between the word just between the identity like Steve and I, you and I can have open dialogue about anything. But just that word keeps us from having that open honest dialogue about issues.
1: Well, and Kane, uh, Lauren, did you want to jump in here?
11: No. Okay. That Kane, topic, I I also go ahead. Uh, believe the same thing that it it has been um, you know, as a white American, I've had to go over this conversation with Kane um regarding just saying the word and this fear that's behind it you know so um we've gone over that and i've said to kane let's reverse racism you know and kane's like no it's racism is racism you know and so we've gone over that too that fear that guilt that we feel as um caucasian americans to say something about it you know so um i agree with kane we need to break this barrier
1: well and and Kane you're doing amazing work on this. I think let's go uh, let's um I want to talk about Lauren what you're doing regarding these um uh pornographic book, books that are in our school libraries. It's unbelievable that this is going on, but it certainly is. And so uh, we'll talk about that here in just a moment, but I just wanted to again highlight another great sponsor of the show and that's Roots Medical.
3: Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns.
6: Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage.
12: Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment for all customers. Come to Franktown for a comfortable, no-pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Frankton Firearms, where friends are made. And
1: welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, dot soncom Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice on an independent station searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, did want to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation uh, out at uh, 6th and Colfax. It was dedicated in 1977. It's time for a remodel. Paula Sarles, who is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation and her team, are uh, raising the money for this uh, remodel. And you can help her by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org making a contribution. You can buy a brick to honor your military service or your loved one's military service. With Mother's Day and Father's Day coming up here soon, as fast as time's going, it's going to be tomorrow, Uh, that would be lovely gift there so on the line with me is Kane. he is the founder of Task Force Freedom and also Lauren Jennings and she is with Task Force Freedom in Northern Colorado as well Lauren I want to go to you pornographic books in our schools unbelievable tell me about that
11: yeah, Kim. So thank you for having me on this morning. Um, this is a very important topic. I think that parents are just generally unaware of what's going on in the schools um, for various reasons, you know. I mean, there's such a press on our time and really what parent has time to work full time do the parent thing and then read the books you know but that's why we're here um i'm a stay-at-home mom myself so i have been uh using my time being a steward of my time to help my community and um take the time to get into the books and so um I, I want to preface this by um, letting you guys know I'm not an attorney by any means I'm just a concerned citizen so um, my interpretation of all of this is just simply my interpretation um, you can seek legal counsel for further opinion if needed but um, I say that because our country is a country founded on law and order right um, we're founded by the Constitution the Bill of Rights and these things set the basis for how we run our country and um, the same as our state right so the the Constitution of the the United States is the supreme law of the land. There shouldn't be any law um, at a state level, nor the Constitution can supersede what the Constitution reads. So our First Amendment rights to free speech are protected under that, but there are some things under free speech that are not protected, and one of them is obscenity. So we go back to the legal definitions of things, right, because people have their opinions on what what they say is obscene or pornographic. But then there's the law where people are bound by the law and then there's a consequence if you break the law. Um, And so under federal obscenity laws, it outlines very specific criteria under the uh, Miller test, which defines what is considered obscene. Um, Further, it goes into the Colorado laws, which also define what is considered obscene and really just reiterate what is federal. So um, a lot of my research has just been founded in the policies for the school board. I'm always hammering them on their own policies, which is what founds them and binds them, you know, and then also right back to the law and the constitution. um, These sitting school board members, according to school board policy are legally responsible. And that is a quote from the policies for what is in the school libraries, right? Well, as a, um, As an elected official, they're also bound according to their oath of office, which has been confirmed. You know, all three school districts that we battle, I have confirmed that there is a signed oath of office for these folks, um, that they understand they are bound by the Constitution of the United States and the um, Colorado Constitution, as well as the laws. And if there is a violation of those, they cannot sit in office so they have been warned um you know but with no recourse we've told them they're clearly violating the law and we haven't found a recourse we're looking for some legal counsel for some assistance on this but um in fact these books are obscene by legal definition and um we do have the excerpts from the books so this isn't a matter of you know an opinion this is raw fact um, and um, we have the excerpts available, you know, if anybody's interested in the book lists or the excerpts within them, you can contact us at taskforcefreedom@aol.com. We can get you the information directly and you can check it out for yourself um, to see. But that's where we're at. You know, and... Uh, uh, Lauren, you mentioned
1: that parents are busy. Uh, they're trying to take care of their kids. They're trying to put food on the table, which is uh, becoming more expensive to make that happen and put fuel in their cars. Again, all this is because of public policy. And I know that parents are feeling squeezed. Grandparents and community members need to become involved in this as well because everybody has a stake in this. And this idea that in school, we're thinking kids are going to school reading, reading great books. We talk about Reading all the time. Well, I, I, say read great books. You only have a certain amount of hours in the day, and if you're me- reading junk or, you know, these pornographic books in school instead of about great men and women and what they're doing, uh, it's it's really robbing children of their their time and also ro- uh, robbing them of their innocence, Lauren.
11: Absolutely. Um, And I think that what's going on nationwide, this movement that's been happening is they want to disrupt the moral compass, right? They want to demonize having a moral compass, you know, whether that be conservative, Christian or whatever you pick, you know, they want everybody just to um, accept anything. You know, and then they want to demonize you and and point you to be the bully. If you say, no, this is not morally right, according to what I believe, you know, and and then further on that, there are um, there's a Colorado constitutional law that is written in the Bill of Rights. um, It's Article 230B. It states that there's no protected status based on homosexual, lesbian or bisexual orientation. And within this, it clearly states school districts cannot ordinate policies supporting these folks, right? Just to put them in one class, they can't claim a minority status, a quota preference, a protected status of discrimination. And by no means is this a movement to hate on LGBTQ or black Americans, you know, or to pick out authors or anything like that. This is simply um, on the basis of protecting children from being sexualized. And so whatever movement is being painted is incorrect. We're simply trying to protect children from being sexualized uh... Um, in the school districts and when you say being
1: sexualized that means they're being groomed uh... and they and um, we so we talk about mental health mental health which i'm very concerned about the legislature getting involved in mental health but what you said lauren i thought was very important is that we're we're getting to a point where anything goes there's no foundation you know there's no place to to, to stand and when that happens we are going to have mental health challenges. It almost seems like it's by design. Kane, what's your thoughts on this?
10: Yeah, I, let me add this. Um, so we, we're addressing these issues with Thompson, Hooter, and D6, the Greeley-Evans uh, school districts. I will say this. These people are arrogant. They believe that the law, the law of the land, will not hold them accountable. And I've said this to them in person we you will be held accountable for the harm that you cause to these children may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. Maybe when you're in a wheelchair and you have a diaper on and someone's wheeling you around the house, someone's going to knock at the door and you're going to be either civilly held accountable or criminally. But what they are doing, it is being done on purpose. It is being done to destroy, not only to destroy the family, but to destroy the minds of these children. Truly, it is an attack on capitalism, because if I can destroy the minds, if I can destroy these children and, and keep them from thinking properly and turning them to mental nutcases, I can ultimately destroy capitalism in the future. And so let me add this.
1: We now, I got to ask you so why is why is that important connect that dot for me to why destroying capitalism I think I know the answer I think it's because their answer then is cultural Marxism but is that am I getting that correct Kane
10: Yeah and so um, this has been taking place probably since we beat up the British um if I want to turn a, 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 a free society into a communist Marxist, Um, socialist society, I have to destroy capitalism. I have to destroy the thought. I have to destroy free enterprise. And the only way I can truly do that and be really effective is to start with children. And so in five years or 10 or 20 years down the road, if I can destroy their ability to think, uh, to create, to invent, then I can move in and I can take the country and make it whatever I want. If I can make people drones that will just follow, that will do what I say, then I can step in and implement whatever system that I want, which is probably going to be Marxism, communism. I believe we're in socialism right now.
6: So.
1: Well, and it's, uh, and then uh, the equality or the, uh, yeah, the equity or equality at that time is that uh, everybody is miserable. And so that that's where it's equal. Uh, we've got one, uh, actually, a, a minute for you, Lauren, and then a minute for you, Kane. Lauren, your final thought getting these pornographic books out of our schools.
11: First of all, take your children out of the public school system. Take your children out look for alternative means it within your community, create co-ops. There are so many homeschooling opportunities and communities that are supporting that. Reach out to us again, taskforcefreedom at AOL.com if you have any questions and need support there. Um, Also, take action. Be the change that you wanna see in your community. Don't sit back and know this. You're gonna be accountable later, you know? So take action and you can do that by voting, be aware that there are public uh, school board elections coming up you can find that information at ballotpedia.org you can type in ballotpedia.org and school boards and it just pulls right up for colorado you can see what school boards are up for election you can run for office um, and also, you can complete a challenge form. Pick a book that disgusts you and challenge it in the school district. Take the initiative on yourself and challenge these folks directly. And lastly, we've got a petition going, which surely we know doesn't hold necessarily much weight, but does show community support to the school district. So you can find us on change.org by typing in D6 Thompson School District or um, Pooter School District or simply Task Force Freedom as one word. Or spaced out.
1: Okay, Lauren Jennings, thank you so much. Kane, um, I've got a quote for the end of the show that I thought about both you and Leslie Manukian, who is our featured guest in the second hour, and this is by Edgar Guest. So I, I hope you like this, Kane, and thank you for being with us. Yes, ma'am. Okay, and it goes like this. It says, somebody said that it couldn't be done, but he, with a chuckle, replied that maybe it couldn't. But he would be one who wouldn't say so till he tried. So he buckled right in with a trace of a grin on his face. If he worried, he hit it. He started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. Kane, that's for you.
7: Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much.
1: Okay, and my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two.
0: It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories.
1: I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucratic the power to make rules about what we inject into our body.
0: Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to hour number two of the Kim Munson show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured valued. you have purpose today? Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Groundhog Day to you, producer Steve.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> Fresh uh, from puxatawney pennsylvania he did see his shadow so you know what that means
1: uh, six more weeks of winter we've had winter this year we've had that global warming winter here
2: i was walking you know out it? to the mailbox yesterday and noted that in the front yard there's at least 13, 12 13 inches of snow i mean it's not all one shot it's accumulated but it's like I haven't seen the grass in six weeks.
1: I know. And we're not used to that here in Colorado. Uh, normally, it, it melts within a few days. So I think we're supposed to be in a a little bit more, uh, more of a warming trend here. So hopefully, we'll start to get some of that melt. But it's life-giving snows that we have 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 um, have have gotten, which is truly a blessing. And it makes me think we talked about the um, bill of the day in the first hour. And this is regarding, uh, I mean, I guess I think it's a, I guess it's a step in the right direction, but more meetings for people to talk about water. I I mean, I just remember when I was on city council was meetings, meetings, meetings. It's like, let's get something done. Let's get really serious about uh, water and we need to get serious with California. My gosh, they had, um, these amazing rains, 10 years of rain, that just went out to the ocean. Oh, yes. And Steve, remember, there's an ocean there. There's a lot of water. How about some desalination plants? Maybe you could even use desalination plants, desalinate the water, and instead of doing a, a, a train from San Diego to, to San Francisco, use that money and um, build a pipeline and refill uh, maybe Lake Mead or something like that. What do you think about that?
2: Well, what I think is that it is in, in you know here I sit in Colorado, but I I think it's a safe assumption to say that there's nothing like that on the drawing board in terms of desalination plants.
1: Well, I think we need to get serious about about this whole water thing. We need to work together to figure this out, and if you put creativity and innovation behind it, instead of those that um, you know want to limit. Uh, people's, our water now, our food, our energy, th- that way you can control people. But if you actually want to put creativity and innovation behind this and have the, have private enterprise, uh, do that. I mean, we can solve these problems. And Yvonne actually texted me the quote that I was searching for in the first hour regarding water. And this is from water expert Mike Applegate. He said there is no water conservation unless there is water storage. And then Trent Lucius uh, said yesterday that in California they're actually uh, disassembling uh, some of their water storage uh, areas. It's it's Crazyville.
2: By and the- this- by the what way, how, how did she text that to you? You might, uh, is there well, something you're, you want to,
1: yes, we have a, she actually has my, my number, but you, this comes directly into my phone. You can text me now if you're, I know that people sometimes are shy to call in That number is 303-477-5600. Collins, our last uh, segment of the the show. But you can text me now at 720-605-0647. And Eric actually used that, uh, the actual text line, and it's working. So you can do that. Okay, I wanted to get...
2: Leave it to What's Eric. That? Leave it to Eric to uh, beta test that for us.
1: He's good. He's so good. He's so smart. <laughs> I have I have such smart listeners. It's uh, pretty amazing.
2: Sponsors uh, too. There's you know. By the way, Karen's here.
1: Oh, great. Okay. Very, very good. Then I want to get to our quote for the day, and then we're going to get get over here to Karen Levine. You know her. She is an award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance, longtime sponsor of both the shows. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to go to this quote from Edgar Guest. He was born in 1881. He died in 1959. He was a British-born American poet who became known as the People's Poet. His poems often had an inspirational and optimistic view of everyday life. He said, Courage isn't a brilliant dash, a daring deed in a moment's flash. It isn't an inst- instantaneous thing, born of despair with a sudden spring. But it's something deep in the soul of man that is working always to serve some plan. I love that. And Karen Levine, Remax Alliance. Don't. What do you think of that uh, little quote that we did?
4: I think
13: that quote is delightful, and yes, yeah, courage comes deep within. And um, I think you're courageous. I think we see courageous people all the time. And um, we're trying to be courageous and protect private property rights and home ownership.
1: It is under assault. And, Karen, you and I have been on this journey together. Property rights is inherent in the American idea uh, that people would have not only the property, a physical property, but also the, um, the, of the things that they can create. And it is under assault, and it's uh, under assault big time here in Colorado as well, Karen.
13: Well, and yes, I would say we've seen signs of it being under assault with things like the construction defect legislation that took place over a decade ago. Um, I guess there's, I find hope in speaking with the candidates that are running for offices in the city and county of Denver, and they understand that by not building entry-level first-time homebuyer units, it has hurt their city. And so, it, you know, we would have liked them to have woke up sooner than right now, but it seems that they're waking
5: up.
1: Well, and I hope, and the answer is, is not uh, affordable housing or subsidized housing, which is government housing. The answer is, is to get rid of rules and regulations that are making housing expensive to build so that we can actually I I mean you said that one of your colleagues I think it was in a different market but he said the cost of new construction what 40% of that was just because of rules and regulations I mean just think about if you freed that up you could reduce the cost of housing significantly thereby making it quote-unquote affordable
13: right when it when regulation imposes fees and taxes, et cetera, costs onto getting a product out of the ground, that gets passed on to the consumer. And so if you can get rid of regulation and policy that um, is harmful, then you can bring that cost down. And so it's interesting in the conversations that I have had over the last couple of weeks, um, one of the concerns is the uh, building, planning, development department in the city and county of Denver because there have been projects that have been in the pipeline for over two and three years, and we've seen what's happened to the cost of money. And um,
1: and materials, too. Yes,
13: yes. And so um, a developer friend of mine um, has watched you know the changes in the cost of his product, which was going to be affordable housing. And that, you know, is becoming more and more difficult every day for him.
1: So, uh, so the answer really is: is we need to get government rules, regulations out of this. We need to honor property, people being able to own their property, and and they can create wealth in doing so. And that's how we've had this great American middle class, which I really think through a lot of public policy, high taxation, inflation rules, regulations, fees, has been an assault on that. But I th- I think, Karen, people are waking up, and I know that you're doing work at the local and the county and the state and the national level regarding property rights, and I so thank you for that. How can people reach you if they want to buy or sell a home, if they're looking at a new build? Uh, how can they reach you, Karen Levine?
13: Well, they can reach me at 303-877-7516, And we are seeing um, the market in the metro area be very active and robust. Um, There's a lot of great activity. And so if you have been thinking about buying or selling, I would encourage you to start the conversation and give me a call.
1: Absolutely. That's Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. And uh, I thank you for your friendship. I thank you for uh, being a great sponsor of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories. And, um, again, that's Karen Levine at 303-877-7516.
13: And you have a great day.
1: Uh, most definitely. And speaking of both the shows, another great sponsor of both the shows is Hooters Restaurants. And they've been sponsors of both the shows as well. And we're talking about property rights. And one of those is the opportunity to open your business. And people can choose to, if, if they like your product, they come and they, they will, um, buy your product or your services. And, and how I got to know the, um, the owner of the Hooters Restaurants, they have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Westminster, Lone Tree, and Colorado Springs is really it's really a property rights issue and so check that out we've got the story on my website but they have great specials for lunch and for happy hour monday through friday and so be sure and check that out as well and then i also wanted to mention the roger mangan insurance team as a state farm agent for 47 years roger mangan has served his customers provided for his family and given back to the communities of centennial littleton highlands ranch inglewood greenwood village as well as castle rock for help with your insurance needs call roger mangan at 303 795-8855 Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan Insurance is there
12: This is called service You hook me up with auto and renters Props to my insurance mentor You made it easy to cover my bed in a box And my extensive collection of k- k- clocks. You know I find it kind of funny that you also save me money You've got that good neighbor charm Give it up For State Farm
0: There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That's why you need to work with seasoned RE-MAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Monson highly recommends award-winning RE-MAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516.
2: You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it, uh, which that is a great segue right into Leslie Mnuchin. Uh As I mentioned to all of you, I had chosen these courage quotes for the beginning and the end of the show. Uh, thinking of, of Kane in the first hour and then Leslie Manukian here in the second hour. She's the founder of the Health Freedom Defense Fund. And if you go to their website, it says Health Freedom Defense Fund stands for freedom, choice and the most basic of human rights, bodily autonomy. Uh, Leslie Manukian, welcome to the show.
14: Good morning, Kim. It's wonderful to be with you again.
1: It is great to have you also. And... Uh, Leslie, first of all, just give us a quick description, Health Freedom Defense Fund, your journey on how you you ended up here, because you'd been a hot shot on Wall Street uh, for many years.
14: Yes, yeah, so I went to business school and got my MBA, and then after that, I went to go and work at Goldman Sachs, and I worked for them in New York for several years before they transferred me to London, and I worked there for them a couple years, and then I left and went to a client. I was struggling with conflicts of interest that are inherent to an investment bank, and I thought that if I went and worked for a client, it would just be more straightforward. And so I worked there for, I forget, it was seven years, I think, that I ran the um, Alliance Capitals European Growth Portfolio Management and Research Businesses. And, you know, so I spent a lot of time on Wall Street, and I kind of had a front-row seat to the kinds of things that most people don't get to see, which is, how CEOs talk to investors about what they're doing, and I saw things that were deeply disturbing to me, and after that period of time, I just couldn't do it anymore. I felt that it was literally destroying my soul, and so I left. After my son was born, um, I quit, and I dedicated the rest of my life to making a difference on the planet because I felt I was playing for the wrong team. I heard, you know, CEOs talk about um, how they knew that their new drug was going to kill people, but that they'd still make billions in dollars off of it. And I just couldn't take it. (laughs) So I I left, and I um, committed my life to making a difference. And then shortly after that, I started learning about um, vaccine injuries, something that I had never had any clue of. I thought vaccines were the greatest invention of humankind. And um, I started reading about them. I read a book called Vaccines, Are They Really Safe and Effective? And it took me on this Journey. I I just was stunned by what what I read, because the back of the book had over 960 footnotes in it, and I'm kind of an analyst geek by nature. That's what I did on Wall Street for most of my career was analyze stocks and decide which were the best to buy. And um, um, this book had all these references in the back of it to medical literature, mainstream news, going back a century, documenting, detailing. Serious harms from childhood and adult vaccines from flu shots and measles shots and polio shots and pertussis shots and all these things and i'm talking things like rheumatoid arthritis is a documented table compensable event meaning that the federal there's a federal law called the national childhood vaccine injury act and there is a table of compensable events this This act protects the pharmaceutical industry from any and all financial liability and legal liability for the harms that their shots cause. So just think about that. Digest that for a minute. When you give your kid a shot, you can't sue the maker of that shot if something happens to your kid um, unless you can um, establish willful misconduct. Um, And that's even if the company could have made a better shot. So even if there's some kind of a design defect. And we have documented in the literature this host of problems from things like rheumatoid arthritis, as I mentioned, this is a table event. So they have a table of compensable events in, at, under HHS in connection to this law that says if this happens within X number of days, if you have seizures within um, or uh, encephalitis, which is an inflammation of the brain within seven days of a measles shot or an MMR shot, It's acknowledged and admitted to be due to the shot itself, and your child can obtain compensation, supposedly, without any kind of question. So there's arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, and seizures, and death, and autoimmune conditions, and all these other problems that I learned about. And that put me on a journey um, to researching it further, reading that book, and understanding all this to making my movie called The Greater Good, which is an award-winning documentary that explores the um, intersection of families and doctors and science all around the whole vaccine debate. So after I made that in 2011, I was, you know, really um, focused on the whole health freedom um, debate because I understood what these families were going through whose children had been developed autism and developed other issues, seizures and... Um, I know I have friends whose children have died from vaccines. Um, It put me on a journey to understanding the primacy of the individual and the importance, um, truly the imperative that we have 100% absolute health, freedom, and bodily autonomy. And unfortunately, for more than a decade in this country, there's been an assault, a full frontal war on bodily autonomy, because those very same pharmaceutical industry um, or companies that have no liability for their products want to make the entire human population a captive audience that they can inject with their products. And we are witnessing that not just in the last three years, but legislatively for over 10 years, Mm -hmm. really in California (laughs) and New York, where they have been taking away all of our rights to exempt our children. At ourselves from these shots. So that's a long-winded answer, but I hope that it gives you a lot of background about why we have to stand up for our freedoms every single moment of every day because they are under assault.
1: So Leslie, and I would put Colorado in there with California and New York as well as we're looking at this legislation. Uh, and I was I was a little late to this game, and this was pre-COVID uh there was legislation occurring here in Colorado some moms had reached out to me they were concerned it was regarding uh i think vaccine exemptions um and so where i when i finally read that legislation as steve mentioned producer steve mentioned in the first hour this um uh, one of the intakes that we have uh, for, for the show is i i say i read this legislation and i i was floored i realized that this was giving an unelected bureaucrat in the future, the power in the future to dictate what we put into our body. This was pre-COVID. They've been playing long ball on this, Leslie Manukian.
14: A hundred percent. In 2009, remember, we supposedly had the swine flu epidemic. And the truth was, the government was saying that there was an emergency, and the truth was it's only one to, I think it was 6% of all people being tested, tested positive. In some states, it was 1% or 2%. They lied. They literally lied. And investigative journalist Cheryl Atkinson, she was then of CBS, CBS. she documented all of this. She went to state health departments and she had them give her their test results. And she found out that the CDC was, was misleading the American public about the true um, nature of the issue. Why is that important? Because that then led to California, New York, and other states. I'm talking back in 2009. They started um, passing legislation that would allow, in California, children 12 and above to consent to a vaccine for a sexually transmitted disease like hepatitis B or HPV, they claim, um, without parental knowledge or consent. In fact, any kind of knowledge or any reference in the medical um, records of the child would be shielded from parental scrutiny. Literally, you couldn't do it. So this started, we're talking 12, 13 years ago they were doing this. And yes, in Colorado. And in California, it started with that. And they said, don't worry, we're not going to intrude on parental rights. And then they went and they said a year or two later, oh, we're going to introduce this Child's Bill of Rights that required that children had the right to proper parenting proper medical treatment proper education well who decides what those things are right and so if you don't like what they're doing if you don't want to inject your children and you choose something else the state says "No, no no that's not proper parenting it didn't pass but then they went and they every day every year or two years they passed something new that attacks the family attacks parental rights took away your right to exempt your child. And then in Colorado a few years ago, my family, I have family who lives in Colorado, they started the same thing. And what they do is they say, you can't exempt your child without being indoctrinated by a healthcare worker, right. a nurse, or a doctor. And this is what they've done in Colorado. You have to go and you have to watch a video or you have to have a consultation with them where they literally tell you the official narrative, and they completely ignore the mountain of science that connects autism, allergies, obesity, learning disabilities, epilepsy and seizures, um, autoimmune conditions, and all these other problems, neurological complications to vaccines. They ignore it, they pretend it doesn't exist, and they try and brainwash you and then make you consent to something that you know you're going to harm your child if you don't vaccinate them and, and risk the community. This is what yeah. it's all about. And so this has been going on literally for more than probably 12 or 13 years. And I've been involved with it since the beginning. And it is, it's COVID is just one step on this long process, the stripping of us of our rights and installing a totalitarian digital control system. That's what's really happening. And it's going further in other countries already with what are called 15-minute cities. But I bet you have to go to break, so I'll stop there. Well,
1: well, and with that, go to healthfreedomdefense.org and contribute there as well to uh, Leslie's really important work. And again, that's healthfreedomdefense.org. And we want to talk about uh, this um, this um, uh, a case regarding uh, having to wear a mask on uh, airplanes. Biden wants to uh, wants to have the power to, again, re-mask us on airplanes. And so we want to talk with uh, Leslie Manu about that. But before we do that, I want you to listen to this really important message from Three Points Financial.
5: Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, Take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact ThreePointsFinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call.
9: What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons-Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious. IPACEDU. Classes are affordable and interactive and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology. There is a spring twenty twenty three course for you. Dash over to IPACEDU.org. IPAC-edu.org for more information and to register. That's IPAC-EDU.org.
6: Mom, why is it so
4: cold in the house? Is the thermostat broken? The Public Utilities Commission approved another rate increase, and I can't afford the bill. Colorado families are struggling to make ends meet. It's time to hold the Colorado Public Utilities Commission accountable and take the burden off our families. Don't get cold feet. Turn up the heat on the Colorado Public Utilities Commission. Visit nomorerateincreases.com to make your voice heard. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson.
1: Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force, coerce people to do it. Uh on the line with me is Leslie Manukian. and she is the founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund. And Leslie these issues that we're talking about—they're not Democrat versus Republican, left versus right. These are. This is an American issue because you and I probably come, come to the same spot, but we got to this spot uh, differently. I would say, uh, Leslie Manukian.
14: Oh, very much so. Um, you know, as I was mentioning in the earlier segment, I went through this whole process of being on Wall Street and starting to realize that these people are I would say pretty careless perhaps even reckless with human lives and that I was playing on the wrong team and and then I started learning about the vaccine vaccine debate and then made the you know documentary the greater good which you can see at greatergoodmovie.org all about the whole vaccine controversy and and that's why in early 2020 when this whole thing out of China started to um, be reported, I just said, oh, I know what's happening. I know what they're doing. It's what they've been preparing for 20 years to um, lock us down, to impose health measures under the state of security, you know, under the pretext of security um, and safety. But it's really about doing something different. Now, here's the thing. (laughs) I was I used to joke that I was the only um, socialist on Wall Street. I was very, very much on the left side of things. And I thought the only problem in the world was that George Bush was president, George Jr. And I also thought that um, if we just, if I paid more in taxes and other high earners paid more in taxes, everything would be peachy. (laughs) I thought the only problem was government didn't have enough money. But what happened was as I went through this whole process of watching them start to erode parental rights, over a decade ago in different states. They rushed through in 2019, California violated its own assembly rules and regulations, and so did New York, in order to rush through 2019, September, August, summer, and September of 2019. They rushed through legislation that removed the religious right to um, uh, avoid a vaccine in both of those states. Literally, 2019, think about that. Hmm. What impeccable timing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, over this whole period, I just realized, oh my gosh, if we don't have the right to bodily autonomy, we are literally animals. We are cattle. That's all we are. We're nothing because we don't have any freedom. And I personally think that bodily autonomy is the most important freedom that we possess. And the Supreme Court has even said that it is among our most sacred of rights. And so that was one of the reasons I founded Health Freedom Defense Fund, but it's also why I've been fighting for health freedom. And what's also interesting, Kim, is that when I was making the movie, I live in a very wealthy enclave in Sun Valley, Idaho. You know, it's a destination ski resort that attracts the rich and famous from all over the world. And um, we, my um, filmmaking partners and I, we started trying to raise money. We held all sorts of screenings and um meetings and things with wealthy individuals and we did not raise a penny locally. But they were all leftists. And once we started meeting with conservatives, they would say, Of course the government lies. Of course you can't trust the C D C. Of course medical products have issues. And um and I was like, oh my gosh, listen to this. And the other thing is I voted for Obama the first time within the first week of his um, presidency, He failed to shut down Guantanamo Bay, failed to pull out of Afghanistan, and most importantly to me, because it was such an easy thing to do, he failed to um, acknowledge the Armenian Holocaust, the Armenian Genocide, which is the first genocide of the 20th century. And I'm an Armenian. Now, listen, is that front and center on everything I do? Absolutely not. But that was an easy, that was low-hanging fruit. And he didn't do it. And he ran on that. It was part of his platform. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've been had. There's no difference between the left and the right. There's not. There only is American individuals and freedom. And this is why I subscribe to the primacy of the individual above all else. We must value the individual because a community, a country. It's only a collection of individuals. And in my view, it is never appropriate, never moral or ethical to harm one individual in service to the theoretical greater good. So that's how I got here, Kim. I mean, it's crazy, but I just realized that if we can't be free to choose how we live our lives and what we put into our bodies and how how we keep ourselves well, then it's game over.
1: Well, and I think this is a Frederick Douglass quote. You know, I look for these quotes for the show all the time. Of course, Frederick Douglass uh, grew up in slavery, but uh, became, you know, great orator, uh, and became free. But yeah, I think the quote went something like this. I didn't know I was a slave until I couldn't do something. And I'm thinking on the whole COVID thing. I, I'm like right out of the box. I'm I, I thought there's something stinky here, but okay two weeks to do fl- two weeks to flatten the curve okay but the most difficult thing about the two weeks to flatten the curve was the first two years i mean what they did in um I mean, just how scary is this that you would have governments say, oh, this business is essential and this one isn't. Or uh, I mean, how dumb is it that we thought the virus was so smart that uh, it could tell if you walked into a restaurant with a mask on, but you took it off. And when you sat down, what a smart virus to know whether or not you were standing up or sitting down. I'm like, this is a bunch of hooey.
14: The other thing the virus is so smart about is state line. Did you know that? If the virus breaks out in New York, it's much more deadly than if it does in Pennsylvania. Isn't that incredible?
1: It's (laughs) It's because of the
14: measures that they implemented. That's what it is. It's because of what it's because the governor of New York ordered sick people into um, elderly homes and they ventilated them and they gave them remdesivir and did all these things. But yes, you're 100% right. What we have done in the last three years defies A century of public health knowledge. They knew after 1918 that masks did nothing. DOJ is still arguing that masks are effective.
1: So let's talk a little bit about that. And I want to let people know that Leslie is going to stay on through the call-in time so you can call in. Uh, And, Leslie, I have this new thing. We just did this last night. I have a text line, uh, 720-605-0647, for people that are too shy to call in. They can text Mm -hmm. me, and we'll try to address these as well. But So it's amazing. You filed a lawsuit and uh, to uh, unmask people on airplanes. And I remember I had you on the show shortly after that. What a great legal victory. But the CDC now is trying to fight. Biden's CDC is trying to fight to make sure that they can still mask you. And then he just recently said that the the um, uh, emergency authorization that the, the pandemic is over. I think he said May 11th. How does he know that it's May 11th? I mean, this is this is goofy stuff that's happening.
14: It is goofy stuff. And what's funny is remember months ago, months ago, last year, he actually said, oh, you know, the pandemic's over. Can't you see it? No one's wearing masks and everything's pretty normal. He said that. And then he, he did re, you know extended the um, emergency order. It's because it provides protection to anybody who creates a medical countermeasure. So if you're a test maker, a mask maker or a vaccine maker under the PREP Act, you have um, a liability shield and you can't be sued for anything other than willful misconduct, literally. Like negligence, like serious, not just negligence, willful misconduct, which is almost impossible to prove. But basically, we filed in the summer of 2021 because, in my estimation, the mask mandate on public transport. So it's buses, trains, planes, um, anybody who took CARES Act funds, who takes federal funds, they were subject to this order. And they said that you have to wear a mask. Now, here's the thing. These airplanes, in particular, have some of the best ventilation systems on the planet. And research shows that they are the least risky place to be. Um, But on top of that, when CDC um, filed this, all CDC said, so once Biden took office, his first full day in office, he said, I'm going to instruct the CDC to issue a mask rule. And a week later, CDC obliged. We thought that was wrong because we thought that, I mean, I thought if they can do this to us, remember, it's not just sick people, it's millions of healthy people flying in airplanes, taking buses, taking trains every single day who are now subject to this. That's the most arbitrary and capricious thing imaginable, and not to mention the fact that they did not justify it. They simply said, well, there's an an emergency, and that is not adequate for me perspective of Congress, which established the Public Health Service Act in 1944 and the American, um, the uh, Administrative Procedure Act. And so what happened was we went and challenged it, and we won. Um, the judge in the Tampa District of uh, uh, Federal Court in Florida ruled that we were right on a bunch of counts, that they had violated the proper notice and um, comment from the public. They had not articulated or justified their rule, out, rule adequately and that they lack statutory authority for issuing such a far-reaching rule. So we were in court, the DOJ is um, appealing it. And we were in court with oral argument on January 17th. So just two weeks ago. And um, the DOJ is still arguing that masks actually do something, which is unbelievable. And a couple of the judges actually said, well, you know, it's a small thing and they seem to concede that that masks do something. So. I'm starting a mask awareness campaign, and I urge everybody to go to healthfreedomdefense.org and sign up for our newsletter and help us spread the word about it. It's not live yet, but it will be soon. And since I'm on the show, I just want to spread the word. But DOJ, or the, the CDC, when we sued them, did not submit a single randomized controlled trial to the public register in support of their, of their mask mandate. Not a single one. Random, randomized controlled trials are the gold standard of um, studies in determining whether something works or not. And the mountain of science of randomized controlled trials shows that they don't work, literally. doesn't matter if it's just a cloth mask. It doesn't matter if it's a surgical mask. And it doesn't matter if it's one of those sacrosanct <laughs> and 95. None of them work in a community setting. They do not work. There's more research coming out every day about this. And so we really need to push back, because here's the thing. If, if the judges find that CDC does have this statutory authority to mask us, absent any clear unequivocal science, what is the limit to CDC's authority, Kim? Oh. It's it, literally, it, it's nothing more than a, 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 a costume. And they can force you to wear a costume. Well, if they can force you to wear a costume, why can't they force you to plunge your needle into your arm? Why can't they force you to wear... I don't know. Why can't they force women to wear men's clothes and men to wear dresses? Why can't they force a woman to wear an apron? Why? What can't they do? No so way. with
1: the, so I think people have have uh, kind of had a collective relief of you know, no mass, you know, we we um, uh, seem to have uh, our freedom back. But I know that underlying, I, I have this this knot in my stomach on kind of a reg- regular basis here that when I say they're playing long ball, they're not giving up. So that that is why what is occurring right now with the CDC fighting regarding this power to mask us is um, people need to be looking at this saying just, like you're doing here, Leslie. This is long ball. They're not done with us. This was just uh, act one of this whole thing.
14: Well, I would argue that COVID was a dry run of what is to come. Okay? And what I mean by that is, yes, the reason that CDC is and DOJ are appealing has nothing to do with an emergency, because if it were an emergency, CDC would have appealed immediately, and they didn't. And not only did they not do it immediately, after several days when they announced that they were appealing, um, they, they waited several days to announce they were appealing, and then longer to actually file the appeal. And then what happened was they did not request an expedited review process. They didn't expedite anything. So if there's an emergency, why not expedite things? It makes no sense. But here's the bigger issue that people don't understand, and that is that while COVID may be going away, this push this long ball game that you're talking about for it's for something other than public health. It's about control. It's the digital control grid I mentioned. And if you look at what's happening in Europe, in England in particular, in Canterbury, England, in Oxfordshire, in London, they are putting in place what they call 15-minute um, cities where you can only walk in the region that is considered your home and you should be able to walk to anything that you need within 15 minutes. Here's the catch. That all sounds nice. You are not allowed to leave your 15-minute city, your zone. So they're taking Oxfordshire, which is the county around Oxford England. They divided it into six components, and you are not allowed to leave those six zones, one of those zones, whatever you live in, without permission. And no more than 100 times a year in your car. Think about that. This is now being rolled out. They've got these congestion zones and congestion charges and things like that, they are driving small businesses on what are called the high streets, which are in like the little village town cores, out of business. Does that remind you of anything, shutting down small and medium-sized businesses, right? This is what's going on, and this is the next push. So all of this this, this um, rhetoric in favor of electric vehicles, electric power, all of this. They want to take away our freedom. In in England, during the lockdowns, you are not allowed to drive further than five miles from your home. They oh, my gosh. You accept being imprisoned in your little region. And this is how they control us. So this is where it's going. Yes, COVID is going away. And they're going to introduce Act Two, which is climate lockdowns and other issues. And these things have been passed by the local councils.
1: Oh, they, they have, in fact, uh, right here in my local, uh, area that we've seen Republicans that are carrying the water for, uh, development that is, uh, is this World Economic Forum kind of stuff. So, Leslie, you're going to be, uh, staying on for our call-in time, and I've got a bunch of different text messages, uh, coming in as well. But I, I, I want, to, we, we need to be intellectual, intellectually curious. And that is why check out Dr. James Linesweiler's uh, IPAC-E edu because if we get this knowledge we can gain wisdom we can gain courage to stand against what is probably going to be coming down the pike so go to ipac-edu.org and take a look at the courses for the spring uh, session and sign up there and then also just uh, wanted to mention uh, Lauren Levy we had him on in the first hour and be sure and listen to this message
6: Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage.
3: Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R O O T S medical.net.
12: Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment Environment For all customers, come to Franktown for a comfortable, no pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Frankton Firearms, where friends are made.
4: This is a house that Jack
1: and welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's m o n s o n M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is a woman of great courage, and that is Leslie Manukian. She is the founder of of healthfreedomdefense.org and she's staying on the line through our call-in time and uh this uh this text message thing is great it's uh the text message number is seven two zero six zero five zero six four seven. i don't think i'm going to get to answer all those today so we may have to move some of this to tomorrow uh, leslie manukian uh, you certainly uh <laughs> give great information to people and we have rosemary in wellington on the line rosemary what's on your radar
15: Good morning, ladies. Uh, Hopefully you can hear me because I cut out a lot of times. We call this mission creep. Um, People think that 5G means five generation, that it is to help speed up our Internet. That is not so. 5G stands for fifth generation warfare. And it's exactly what uh, Leslie is talking about. And uh, do you recall back a few years, Maxine Waters, which Trevor Loudon has exposed as being a communist, said that uh, she was doing some um, um, council uh, questioning, and she told the uh, people that we will own your industries, and that was the oil industry and the airline industry. And have people noticed that, um, I have noticed, that you go into the King Supers now and they have these little fly gates that you go by and they open up. So I asked my manager and she says, oh, that's because we've had some stealing and people are going out the wrong way and all this stuff. No, it's not. It's probably the next phase of having a QR code to go in the grocery store to get any items. What do you think, Leslie?
14: A hundred percent, Rosemary. Let me just say that um the G20, which is supposed to be the 20 biggest governments in the world, met in Bali a few months ago. And it wasn't just the G20. It was also business leaders and Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. They met there, and they issued a the Bali Declaration. And this declaration talks about issuing interoperability between or issuing IDs, digital identifications with banks, QR codes, vaccine cards, et cetera, and requiring them more worldwide and having an interoperability between nations. So where they are going is in Whole Foods, they've already introduced it. You can just swipe your hand. Your palm print can be used to pay. And so all of these things, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about the digital control grid. What they wanna do is have a central bank digital currency they've allowed crypto to flourish for many years i think in order to condition people to accepting that you can have digital currency but it's going to go away those things will go away and there'll only be a central bank backed digital currency then there'll be digital identification digital vaccine passports a global qr code for every human on the planet and those things will all be connected to your voter id your documents to travel your ability to buy food and energy and This digital currency will be what's called programmable, meaning that they will. You know how we've also gotten universal basic income, basically, in the last few years? CARES Act, you know, the Paycheck Protection Program. These were to condition people to accept taking money from the government. It's just like universal basic income, income, which they've been trialing. So what will happen is they'll destroy all the small and medium-sized businesses. The only way people will be able to live is through quote-unquote handouts from the government universal basic income and they may give you two or three thousand dollars a month but here's the catch you can't get the money if you don't get vaccinated you can't get the money if you are friends with someone like leslie Manukian um, and you follow healthfreedomdefense.org you can't um, leave your area they will turn off your money or your car so that you can't drive more than a certain distance from your home, or if you drive too far, they will turn off your ability to buy fuel or to use your car. They will also program, that's how they do it, through the programmable money. They can turn it off remotely and they do it through 5G. On top of that, they will say you get two or $3,000 a month and you don't spend it all, it will expire. So you will not be able to save while the elite wheel will This is what is, this is, 5G facilitates this whole system through what's called the Internet of Things and also the Internet of Bodies. And the Internet of Things is, you know, if you go and buy an appliance, it's all hooked to the web now. It's all got Wi-Fi and 5G. It's all capable because they want to control everything. In Colorado, didn't they actually turn people's thermostats up so that you couldn't cool your house as much as you wanted to?
1: Absolutely. That was with the smart thermostat and uh, they've been putting all these in all
14: these things. Yeah, it's all about control. It's all about control. And COVID was a dry run for this.
1: Wow. Uh, Rosemary in Wellington, thank you so much. And, uh, all these text messages, I will try to answer those tomorrow. Leslie Manukian, uh, as I'm thinking about this and the, just the, the tyranny that we're, we're facing, I do want to mention the U.S. MC Memorial Foundation because these are people, our military that has stood against tyranny since, since the Revolutionary War. And we need to honor those that are willing to put their lives on the line or gave their lives for us. And so you can help them out at the U.S. MC Memorial foundation.org that's the usmc org. Leslie Minukian, we've got a minute left what's the final thought because this is daunting but we are americans we we must hope so what's your final thought
14: the final thought is people use cash go get money out of the bank and use cash everywhere you go literally make it make it a promise to yourself and to your country to use cash because we can't stop this this is what they want but that doesn't mean it's what they're going to get. And we, there are more and more of us, millions of Americans have woken up through the last two years. They realize these shots were never about public health. They realize COVID was never about public health. Do your part. Support organizations like mine that are fighting to protect you and your rights. And most, the single thing that you can do, run for school board, go to your city council meetings, and most importantly, use cash every single day or a check. Do not use electronic Means to pay for your goods and services. Use cash, because the more of us who are out of the system, the more impossible it is for them to impose a new system on us.
1: Leslie Manukian, thank you so much. Thank you for what you do, and that is healthfreedomdefense.org. You can help her out there, so thank you.
14: Thank you, Kim. So great to be with you.
1: Great to have you. And uh, our quote for the end of the show was Edgar Guest said, He said, somebody said that it couldn't be done, but he with a chuckle replied that maybe it couldn't, but he would be one who wouldn't say so till he tried. So he buckled right in with a trace of a grin on his face. If he worried, he hit it. He started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.